somewhat uh, recognizable passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to worry too much about, I'll have the first couple of Scriptures on the screens, but everybody has their Bible here, so you can follow along in your Bibles if you'd like. But Proverbs 30, verse 14, it says, The horse leech hath two daughters crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not, it is enough. The grave, everybody say the grave. The barren womb, everybody say the barren womb. The earth, everybody say the earth. Specifically, that is not filled with water. And then the fire, everybody say the fire. That saith not, it is enough. Hallelujah. I'm going to look at one more passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Matthew 5 and 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Tonight I want to talk to you for just a few minutes on this topic, never satisfied. Never satisfied. If we could go to the Lord right now and just ask him to bless this lesson and to speak to our hearts. Lord Jesus, I give myself to you. I open up my heart and my mind to you. I ask you, God, to use me. Help me, Lord God, just to speak through the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, help me to say only what you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us tonight, Lord God, to hear this message to receive it and to apply it to our lives. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done and all you're about to do in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you shout amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. I'm going to be preaching a little bit, hopefully teaching a little bit, and uh, I know that, again, this place, we don't have a whole bunch of people here, but I would love it if you just let the Holy Ghost flow. Hallelujah, I know we've all been working and we've been doing stuff all day, but I'd love it if you just get with me today and amen me and clap your hands and let's just have some church tonight. Is that all right? Amen. Praise God. This passage of Scripture, it states something so clearly and obviously. When I looked this passage of Scripture up, and I began to search all the Scriptures that talked about hunger, I found this passage of Scripture to actually be quite unique in its understanding. Often the Bible talks about hungering in a physical sense. It talks about God satisfying our hunger But it doesn't hardly ever mention it in this way. This is actually kind of a new way of thinking when Jesus communicated this. That 
uh, uh, symbolism or that, that example of being hungry and being thirsty after righteousness or, or living righteous or being as God is or the ways of God. Although we recognize there is this hunger inside a man, generally the Bible simply talks only in regards of God satisfying man. Uh, just as Jesus told the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, you will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I give, they shall never thirst again. We see this understanding of God continuously satisfying, providing for the needs and the, the things that we want and need in our lives. Now, I'm not here to preach some you know, message that God is always going to cause us to prosper and all that. I'm not here to tell you that, but I am here to tell you He absolutely will meet our spiritual needs and our need for salvation, our need to be saved and to go to heaven. The Lord, He does answer those needs. Amen. He will provide for us physically. We know the Bible says if we seek first the kingdom of God, He will provide all of these things. He provides for us financially. He provides for our needs. He provides for us emotionally. But in this passage of Scripture, it speaks of a different type of hunger and thirsting. It's a hunger and thirsting toward the things of God. A hunger and thirst for the Spirit of God. A hunger and thirst for righteousness and living the way that God wants us to live. And although it does say, for they shall be filled, the implication is not that they shall be satisfied. Rather, what Jesus is trying to communicate, it isn't that we should ever stop our hungering and thirsting. It isn't suggesting that our hunger will be satisfied, but promising us that that which we do hunger after, he will give it to us. I don't know about you, but I hunger after the presence of God, and I want more of him. I want more of his spirit. I want more of the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I can truly say, and this was a couple weeks ago, God really put this in my heart and God began to minister to me and, and say, Aaron, if there are any ministers in our church, the way you're going to pinpoint them, the way you're going to recognize them, one of the number one things that you can recognize, someone who God is calling into ministry, it is a hunger for the things of God. Hallelujah. I've seen people who desire to do things and they desire to sing or they desire to preach and they desire a pulpit, but they do not have a sincere hunger and thirst for the things of God. They'll do what they need to do in order to f satisfy some expectation However, there isn't a general, genuine desire in their heart that says, I need more of Jesus. I need more signs and wonders. I want to see more souls saved. 
I want to have more church. I want to be in the altar longer. I want to pray a little bit louder. Hallelujah. I want to praise a little bit wilder. Hallelujah. That is the sign of somebody whose God is called. It's somebody that he's put a hunger in their heart. And I don't have this in my notes, but, but we recognize this in the life of Jehu. Jehu, God had called, and God had, was using to, to se- uh, separate the children of Israel and kill off those who had done so wrong, Ahab and his family. He was wiping clean the sins of all those who had come before him. Jehu began going and, and fighting and, and knocking down temples and doing all this. Well, at one point in the middle of his crusade, he stops. He finds a man named Jehonadab. I did put this in my notes, but I didn't plan on preaching this. Hallelujah. He talked to a man named Jehonadab standing in his chariot. He grabs his hand and says, come with me and let me show you my zeal for the Lord. Hallelujah. What he was trying to say is, if you can trust anybody, if you believe anyone is called, believe me, because look at my zeal for the things of God. Oh, that God would put a zeal in our hearts for his will. Hallelujah. That God would put a yearning in our heart that says, I've got to be holy. I've got to be righteous. I got to pray. I got to worship. I got to go to church. I got to listen to preaching. I got to study my Bible. Oh, hear me today. If you want people to recognize a calling on your life or an anointing that the Lord has on you, then let them see the zeal of the Lord in your life oh praise God let them see and recognize the zeal you have for the things of the Lord this unsatisfied never satisfied hunger and thirst praise God that's why you can come to church have a great move of God and then come to prayer meeting Monday night we, we, it, you know, it's like, well, didn't you get enough on Sunday? I did. And I want more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, I got enough on Sunday, but I want more on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I tell you, the hunger never stops. Uh, the, the, the desire to drink never stops. Uh, not when it comes to the things of God. Praise the Lord. And I recognize today Proverbs 30. I'm not taking it out of context. He's simply making a point here. Something that is clear. He's describing these three things. Yea, four things that are never satisfied. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about each one of those individually, but if I may say, yes, there are four that are never satisfied. Yea, 
possibly even five. The fifth being a Holy Ghost filled man and woman of God. I tell you, there should never be a satisfaction. Praise God, just as the fire is not quenched and never satisfied, a Holy Ghost filled Christian should never be satisfied. We shouldn't be content with one service. We shouldn't be content with one move of God. We shouldn't be content with one Bible study. We shouldn't be content with one chapter. No, but I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, would you stand to your feet just for a moment? Lift up your hands and say, God, I want more. Oh, Jesus, I want more. I want more of your presence. I want more of your spirit. God, I'm not done yet. I'm not seeing all I'm going to see. Oh, come on. I feel that for somebody. I'm not, I'm not seeing all I'm going to see. I'm not witness all I'm going to witness. I'm not said my greatest prayers yet. I'm not worshiped my wildest service yet. I'm not preached my greatest sermon yet. No, I'm not satisfied, God. I still want more of you. I still want to see your work in my life. I still want to see your work in my family. I still want to see your work in my church. I'm not satisfied, Lord. Hallelujah. I got a promise for you tonight. You're ready? This doesn't take a prophet to be able to say this because it's in the Word of God. If you hunger today, if you thirst after Him today, He will fill you. He will give you what you seek. Hallelujah. The problem is, and what we have to make sure we clarify before we get into anything else is, what are we hungering for? Hallelujah. The reason why... We're not getting the fulfillment is because our appetite is not filled with the things of God. Praise God. I got quiet then. Praise the Lord. God, amen to everything else other than that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You see, we will get those things. We can appetite toward money. You'll find it. If you really try hard enough, I'm sure you'll make your millions if that's what you have an appetite for. If you have an appetite for love, you'll find it. Maybe in all the wrong places, as they say. But if you've got a, sad, a hunger for just somebody to love you, you'll find somebody who will love you. Praise God. But if you have an appetite for the things of God, you have an appetite for no, more of an understanding of the word, An appetite to be able to flow in the spirit just a little bit freer. An appetite just to be used by God to minister to others with more anointing. I'm here to tell you God will fill that. And he will provide also all the other things. Isn't that why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and he shall fulfill all the other needs you have? It's because when we hunger after the Lord... The Lord fills it. 
I'm here to tell you if you want to be a greater minister, get a hunger. If you want to be a better Christian, get a hunger. If you want to be a better singer, get a hunger. If you want to be a better Bible study teacher, get a hunger. If you want to be a better Sunday school teacher, get a hunger. <laughs> if you want to see more of a move of God in our church, get a hunger. You want to see your family member saved? Get a hunger. I'm here to tell you this is the solution for your problems. It's a hunger and a thirsting for the ways and the things of the Lord. Get a hunger, praise God. Somebody shout, get a hunger. Get a hunger, praise the Lord. And I'm going to break down these four today in this context the context which we're talking, the context of me, my hunger, my desire, my walk with God. First, the Bible says there are four things that will say there is, it is, they will not say it is enough. Four things that are never satisfied. First, the grave. The grave is never satisfied. The idea is that as long as there are humans on the earth, the grave will continuously be filled. The Bible tells us that hell hath enlarged itself. The implication being that hell is growing. It's in having to expand because of those who are dying and going there. The grave is never satisfied. Hallelujah. And I'm sorry to tell you, but at some point, each and every person here will have to face it. That's inevitable, unless the Lord raptures us out of here, right? <laughs> Amen. We'll pray for that. But the grave is never satisfied. It continually is consuming the dead, those who have passed on. Hallelujah, that's the idea that it's trying to communicate. However, today I know and we know that every Christian has the grave that we may, without the Lord's return, we will, without the Lord's return, have to visit. But we also, every one of us, need a grave in our life. 1 Corinthians 15.31, Paul made it very clear his thought process of his grave. He said, I have, or he says about the Lord Jesus Christ and his walk with him, he says, I die daily. Can I tell you, we need a never satisfied grave in our life. Every day, I need to die. Every day, I need to put this flesh in the grave. That's why Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow after me. What he's trying to say is, is every day there is a process of destroying the old man and killing off the flesh so that we can continue to do the will and the ways of God. God, can I tell you, you need a never satisfied grave in your house. Praise the Lord. 
I want to ask you this simple question. Where is the grave in your home? Praise God. I believe every Christian needs a grave. A place in your home where you visit every single day. And you say, okay, I know I gave up those sins yesterday. I know I let down the flesh yesterday. It's another day and the grave is never satisfied. I need to feed the grave. I need to feed the grave. I need to cry out to the Lord again today and say, God, I don't want this flesh. I don't want these desires. I ask you to remove the desires of my flesh. I ask you to to kill off those things which are not of you. I need to feed the grave. Praise God. Romans 8.13 says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. This is quite a tricky scripture because that word mortify actually means to kill off. So he's saying if you don't have a grave in your life, you're going to end up in the grave spiritually. But if you have a grave in your life, where you're continuously mortifying the deeds of the flesh, continuously killing off the old man and burying him in the grave, then he says, you'll never have to visit that yourself. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. He says, if you mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Not the flesh, but the person shall live and the flesh shall die. Oh, we need a never satisfied grave. Somebody shout and say, feed the grave. Feed the grave. It is never satisfied. The second, he says, the grave is never satisfied. And the barren womb is never satisfied. I'm sure at this point you know exactly where I'm going. This is quite simple, right? Because we know as Christians we must have a desire to see souls saved. Hallelujah, it doesn't matter how many people come through those doors. It doesn't matter how many visitors, which we've now had 51 so far this year. Praise God. Hallelujah, but what are 51 in so many? We can rejoice over that while still saying, I want more children. I want to see more souls saved. I want to see more lives changed. I want to baptize more people. I want to pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost. Genesis chapter 30 and verse 1, we see Rachel. Rachel having been bare, no children, so unsatisfied, recognizing that Leah, her sister, had many children, was very fruitful. With, this, with having despise and jealousy, she says to her husband, Jacob, in Genesis 30 and 1, give me children or else I die. Hallelujah, I've got some friends 
and this pains me. I've got friends who are barren. I've got friends who cannot have children. And you can see it on her, almost like it's a daily wearing out, like she's continuously having it out of her mind, something that she bears with her every place she goes. Sure, I know these days we are without natural affection and people are killing off their children, their babies in the womb, left or right, left and right. But those who still have that natural affection, there's a desire within them that says, I must have children. There is an innate desire within every woman that says, give me children lest I die. Can I explain? Can I also tell you that that same desire needs to be in the bride of Christ? The bride of Christ must also have this same yearning desire that says, give me children lest I die. If I don't have more people coming to church, then I'm not satisfied. If more people aren't being born again, then I'm not satisfied. Come on, darling, you got a hunger that says I want to see a soul saved. I want to preach the gospel to somebody. I want to see somebody's life changed. Hallelujah. If you could, go to John chapter 4, verse 31. (coughs) (coughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel such a burden today. For this, I pray each person, even if just a portion of how I feel, would get this. John 4.31, in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, Jesus, saying, Master, eat. But Jesus said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, did, did you bring food for him? I, I, I didn't bring other food. Did, what, what food is he eating? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. But look at verse 35. Say not ye... There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Look on the field, for they are white, already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. When he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Yes, he was communicating the the purpose and the passion he had, which was to go to the cross. But he had, by extension, also he was communicating 
There is a dying world out there. And there are people who are unsaved. And it is time for the harvest to be gathered. He was trying to suggest, hallelujah, if your hunger lets you, how about your hunger for the wheat who are ready to be brought in, for those who are ready to be harvested. This is always implying those who are lost being brought into the church. Can I communicate? to you that Jesus was not satisfied until he was able to do the work of God and see souls saved. If you feel unsatisfied in the church, you feel like you're just wasting your time, you're burning rubber, but you're not going anywhere. This is my suggestion. Start eating the food that God's given to you. Hallelujah. Start saving souls. Start preaching to the lost. Start inviting people to church and you'll see a fresh new zeal of God in your life. Oh, can I tell you, I believe more than ever before this church needs to get an unsatisfied desire to see souls saved. I remember when I was younger, Some, some people might think I'm crazy for this. I remember when I was younger, I wanted to see souls saved so badly. We weren't seeing things happen. I wasn't seeing it happen, and I wanted it so badly. I remember being in my room praying and saying, God, I want to see souls saved. God, just let me talk to somebody. God, just let me preach to somebody. I got such a desire, such a burden in my heart. I said, God, if I'm not seeing souls saved, if people are still going to hell under my watch, how can I sleep in a comfortable bed? How can I eat these comfort foods? I had made a decision that I would not sleep in a bed until I had a chance to talk to somebody about God. I went a couple days laying on the floor, sleeping on the floor before I got an opportunity to talk to somebody about God. Hallelujah, you may think that's extreme, that's wild, that's going too far. I don't know, all I know is that the, the barren womb is never satisfied. Hallelujah, when you truly get a burden for the lost, how can you eat comfort foods? How can you sleep in a comfortable bed knowing that their bed for eternity will be an eternal fire? Hallelujah. Praise God. I tell you, if you can look, you drive down, drive past a school, and look at the faces of some of the young people in that school. If you can look at those faces and not be moved with a burden to see them saved and to preach to somebody, then I'm telling you, you need God to put a burden back in your heart. Hallelujah. Because the barren womb is never satisfied. I don't know about you, but I want to see another soul saved. Just one more soul 
After that, another soul does one more, and then one more, and then one more. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to see a soul saved. Third, it tells us the earth is never satisfied. The earth that is not filled with water, implying the dry earth, the desert, if you will, the animals in the desert constantly searching, seeking for water, those who may live in those areas having to go out of their way to make sure they have enough water to supply their needs and their family needs. It is a constant thought and concern. See, we don't know about that here. We were on vacation at the very beginning, we went and bought a whole big pack of waters. It, it lasted about half the trip, and then we ran out, and we never got a chance to go to a grocery store. We were so busy going to different places. Finally, I got so thirsty one day, I said, well, let me just drink the tap water. Well, thankfully, we were in a nice hotel at that point. Uh, the water from the sink. So I went and drank. You know, we don't know what thirsting really means in our society, hardly. We really don't know what it means to be thirsty because water is always at hand. But what this is trying to imply is that there is a portion of earth where there is a constant desire and need to find more water, to gather more water, to store more water. And can I tell you, hallelujah, as a Christian, I need to have a desire constantly to be in the presence of the Lord. Like fish out of water, I need to desire the presence of God. Psalms 42 and 1 says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He says, I am like one of those animals who are out in the wilderness, having no way to nourish themselves with water, but to find a brook. How important it is for that animal to continue to travel and to search until it finds a spring where it can drink. He says, that's how I am with the presence of God. When I'm not around the presence of God, I'm constantly thinking I need more presence of the Lord. When I don't know where the presence of God is, I am constantly searching for it. Hallelujah, when I am in a dry zone, I know I got to get to water as quickly as possible because I am never satisfied with the presence of God. Oh, but didn't you just have a big canteen yesterday? Yeah, but that's not enough because water is an everyday thing. I can't survive without water. I can survive a little while without food. I can survive a little while without relationships, but I cannot survive without water every day and it's the same with the presence of God I cannot survive
survive without the presence of God. I cannot survive without the Spirit of the Lord working and operating in my life. I must be in the presence of God like the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks. Hallelujah. You ever been that way where you just had to get to your prayer room or you just had to get to church? It's like you're panting. I just got to get in the presence of God again. I just got to feel that chill bump again. I just got to allow the spirit to come over me again. I just got to hear the voice of God again. Let me tell you, we got to get a hunger, a never satisfying hunger for the presence of the Lord. Psalm 63 and 1. If you could go there in your Bibles. (coughs) Psalm 63 and 1, and I'm almost finished. says, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see Thy power and to see Thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. There's a few things we can get from this. First of all, he's recognizing where I live. It's dry and it's thirsty. Let me tell you out there, the places we go, it's often dry and thirsty. There is no satisfaction for our spirituality in this world. In fact, there are things that will constantly pull at you. Things that will make you more thirsty. Things that will steal from you the presence of God. Hallelujah. When you're out there, it's like you're in a desert land. Especially these days. I'm probably, I'll probably preach on it for weeks. Because it impacted me so much. Walking down the streets of Boston, Providence, Mystic, several other places. I got to visit the oldest pulpit that is still in use in America. We saw the church. There's a plaque that said it. Said, oh, that's cool. We didn't get a chance to go inside because the church was locked. But that's on the side of the building. You go and walk in front of the building. And there, right on front is an LGBTQ plus flag. In almost every church that I saw in Providence and Boston, these are churches that are, were built 1600, 1700, 1800s. Almost every single one of them had an LGBTQ plus flag hanging over it. Almost every one of them. Hallelujah. It's 
It's a dry and desert place out there. Oh, that's why every time I come into the presence of God, it's like a cool cup of water being poured on my head. Hallelujah. I tell you, I thirst after it. I need it in my life. And I tell you, I can't wait until I get to church and be in the presence of God. I got to get the presence of God in my home. I can't wait until Sunday. I need the presence of God. I need to get some more drink on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Come on now, I know this is a Wednesday night. We're supposed to be quiet and laid back. But let me tell you, even on a Wednesday night, we can come and drink at the brook. We can be satisfied in the presence of the Lord because that's what happens when you're thirsty. That's what happens when you have this desire that says, I need it. Come on, we got to get this desire in our heart that says, I want to see the power of God. I'm not satisfied with church that isn't yielding results. I'm not satisfied with unanswered prayers. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. But he says, I desire water. I seek for thee. My soul thirsteth for thee to see thy power and thy glory. I tell you, we need to get back to this idea, this desire that says, oh, I want to see a miracle. I want to see visions. Oh, hallelujah. I know we're not supposed to seek after those things. I just want to see the power of God. I want to see the hand of God work again. I want to see lives really changed. Hallelujah. I want to see blinded eyes open. I want to see deaf ears unlocked. Come on, we can see it. Do you still believe that? We can still see cancer healed. Hallelujah. We can still see miracles and signs and wonders. In fact, I believe we must see it. We must see the power of God. Somebody's got to get hungry. Hallelujah. Somebody's got to get thirsty for the miraculous that says, I'm not satisfied until I see another miracle, until God answers another prayer, until I see another blind eyes open. To see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. I tell you, when you really get thirsty for the power of God, it'll move you to fast and pray. When you really get a desire, a thirst for the move of God's presence, then you'll come early to church to pray. When you really get a desire, you won't hang back and let other people pray for them. No, when somebody comes down to the altar, you'll be the first one there wanting to put your hands on them and pray the power of God come over them. And I'm here to tell you today, it's not about gifting. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. I recognize some people... They are used in gifts a little bit more freer than other people. I never believe or have been used greatly in the gifts of the working of miracles or gifts of healing. But I have seen people healed when I prayed for them. It's because if I'm fluent in those gifts or not, it doesn't matter. 
I'm not satisfied unless I see a move of God. Unless I see the power of God. Unless I see a miracle occur. So I'm going to pray and believe. And I believe God will heal them. God will perform a miracle. I've seen many miracles. And this isn't about me. I'm just saying I've seen many miracles. Not because I'm gifted. But just because I said I've got to see more. I'm not satisfied with just sitting on a pew. I'm not satisfied with preaching empty sermons. I want to see the power and the glory of God. There is an unsatisfied desert place that says, I want water. I want the power of God. I want the glory of the Lord. And finally, to end this, we know the fire is never ending. This is less about us and more about the Spirit of God that is within us. Because just as I desire more of the Spirit, the fire desires more of me. John says in Luke 3.16, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, will gather the wheat into his garner, but the shaft he will burn with fire unquenchable. Hebrews 12, 29 tells us, for our God is a consuming fire. If we could stand today. We can never get satisfied with where we're at in God. We can never get satisfied with how much knowledge of the Bible we have. We can never get satisfied with how much prayer we have in our life. We must never get satisfied. Why? Because the Spirit of God inside of us is never satisfied. It is a fire that continuously desires to burn. The moment we decide that we're perfect, the moment we decide that God can no longer do a work in me, that's the moment we take a fire extinguisher to the fire. No, but we've got to have a desire in our heart that says, God, never stop working on me. Don't quit working on me. Never be satisfied with me. Continuously show me when I'm doing things wrong. Continuously show me how I can improve. Continuously show me how I can grow. Continuously show me how I can move forward. As I was preparing for this, simply just a couple minutes before we came up here, I looked up this story very quickly and I felt the Spirit of God come over me. As I was playing the drums, I felt God say there was a purpose for this. In California, Oakland, there was a fire on October 20th through the 21st that burned 
October 20, 1991. It is considered the most expensive wildfire in the U.S. <clears throat> the damage from this fire was $2.6 billion. This fire, like many of the fires we've seen in California, although these are, things are devastating toward us, it shows us that the fire just keeps on burning when there's something to burn. Problem is, is we often don't give them anything to burn. We shield ourselves. We shield our sins. We shield our weaknesses. We shield our imperfections. And we call them and say they're off limits to the fire. But the fire is never satisfied. And if we want the Spirit of God in our lives, it's time we open up and say, okay, God, whatever you want to do, do it in me. Whatever you want to do, do it in my life. This is a final point. In that fire, it was just a small fire when the firefighters came. They went and extinguished it, so they thought. They didn't realize that there was still a tiny flame burning. Thinking that the fire was out, only a small amount of damage was done, they got back in their trucks and they drove away, only to find out a few hours later that fire that was so small and could hardly be seen had turned into a blaze of fire again. And this is what I felt God minister to me when I looked this up. I felt God put it in my heart and say, there's people here today where you are concerned about the fire being extinguished. You're not seeing the fire like you used to. You're not seeing the hunger like you used to. You're not seeing the thirst like you used to. You don't have a burden like you once had. And you don't have the prayer life like you once had. And the fear of God like you once had. The desire to study the Word like you once had. And it seems like it's so far away now. You're so distant from that at this point, I felt God say, I've still got a little flame that you don't know about. I'm still burning. And if you will allow me tonight, that little flame that's been hidden, I will allow it to become an inferno and a blaze of fire in your heart once again. Hallelujah. I want to invite you down to this altar area. Hallelujah. I think it'd be appropriate, even if it's just a few of us, for us to come down and say, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want to see your work in my life, God. I want to see you do a great thing, Lord, in my family, in my church. Oh, Lord Jesus, I want more, God. Come on, let the sound of worship be released from your lips tonight.
Raise it, raise it. Get a boat.